So this is Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast, episode number 66, and my name is Karen. Today I am joined by Danya, Danielle, and Courtney, and we are live at Indie PopCon. And we have a nice little group of people here as well, which is so exciting to see. <laughs> you, all, you guys all watch Teen Wolf? Yeah? Yes. Oh, yeah! Woo! Does anybody listen to our podcast? No. no, that's okay. We got some new recruits. Yeah, new recruits. That's okay because Danielle is a new recruit as well. So she gets marathon all four, three seasons. And how long? It took me a few weeks just because like work gets in the way, but it was it was a lot of team golf in a very small amount of time. But I wanted to get it done before pop time. And you did, just barely. Yeah. Um, so our main topic today is we're going to talk about the humans on Team Wolf because we haven't done a specific podcast about them yet and we think that would be really interesting. So I guess in, in honor of Kiahu being here, we're going to talk about Danny first. So Danya, I think yeah. you should lead that one. <laughs> I'm going to lead that one. Yeah, Danny is one of my favorite characters, as, especially for like a character who we haven't seen enough about, but we get in him like little bits, especially in this last season where we now know that he knows about everything. And it's kind of really interesting to try and find out how involved in the supernatural world he really is without actually being a supernatural creature. Because it then puts a really nice little spin on everything to do with Jackson in like the first and second seasons, especially the second season, because wow, he totally knew everything that was going on with Jackson and was just do like. You, do you remember the clip in the locker room where he's lifting weights and he's like not even on a full moon man? I was just like, I wonder oh, no. if he was like, yeah, don't yeah. Like play. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely forgot about that line as well. But yeah, I just think it's fascinating and how he has his own strengths as well because he's clearly got some survival instincts because he is the only one who's gotten out of it without getting kidnapped, without getting hit on their head, without getting. He stripped. did get poisoned though. He yeah. did get poisoned. But he made it out okay though. Yeah, he was totally fine. Non traumatized at all. Which is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Natalie, who's one of our other members. Uh, She's one of the regulars that comes on the show, but she lives in Australia, so she's not here right now. And, uh, you know, she was talking about how she wonders if Kiahu's, or, well, yeah, Kiahu, Danny's family knows all about the supernatural and if this has been like a generational thing where they're just like no just stay out of it like we don't need to like insert ourselves into the drama or anything yeah. it's like, I, well, I think he keeps a blog like, yeah I, I really want to go back to episode one to season one and just read Danny's viewpoint of everything that's happening you know he knows he's just like this, this, this crap's happening with you guys yeah that should be a tumble I think Nicole, something's wrong with Nicole and I think There's I know something's wrong with Nicole. I don't think anyone on this show whispers very well. No, not at all. No, not at all. 
Well, what I think is really cool, too, is that even though Danny knew for however long, like, he's still friends with all of them. He still hangs out with all of them. Like, he hasn't shut them out of his life. So I think, you know, knowing the danger that they put themselves in, that's maybe not the smartest thing, but I think that's really admirable. Yeah, I think... I don't know. It's like kind of... Do you know? Do you know how um, in that scene as well? Going back to the family thing that you were saying, in the scene where the sheriff goes to Styles, oh, you're not gay. <laughs> like, but I could be. What if, like, Danny's family were like, oh, you're gay, but just not a werewolf. <laughs> like the opposite. Like just whoever you bring home, just make sure it's not a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> or Ethan. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm gonna go. Well, I guess poor Ethan from the last episode. Yeah. Otherwise, they, they grew on me a little bit. The murder twins are not so great. <laughs> <laughs> Love the actors, but uh-uh, murder twins. Do you ready for your photo op with that? To know how long he's known, I think it would be interesting. Sorry, if it was a family friend. Um. Just because you see the artists and you see kind of how their family has evolved over even the few months, I guess, that the show has taken place. And so if it's a family thing with them, I would be interested to see his whole family and his interaction with the family. Hashtag more daddy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think, like, his last name, we know his last name is somewhat associated with the moon, so I just wonder if they, like you were saying, Danielle, if they have their own origin story or if they're somehow connected, I think that would be so awesome. Yeah, I mean, the Argent's name, their last name is important, so right. why not Danny's? Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling they stuck that in there and are just kind of waiting for it to become more relevant. Or it's going to be another sequel thing where they're like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it works. Yeah, it works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think what else did we have? Oh, we had a little bit about his hacking abilities as well as being like his strengths, one of his strengths being hacking, because all of the human characters, even though they can't fight in the same way like the werewolves can or the kitsune can or anything like that, the great thing about it is they still have their own individual aspects that they're brilliant at. And I guess the hacking thing and just being very, very street smart and staying out of the danger, that's Danny's. Yeah. And I would love to see his hacking abilities put to better use because I think him and Styles teaming up with all like his research and everything would be so awesome. That would be I so just, and, like they're back and forth. Yeah. Like the hospital yeah. scene and he's like, Why are you going to my bag? <laughs> it's a dream. It's a dream. Go to sleep. <laughs> Especially since after what Kiahu said at BiteCon about maybe Danny having a crush on Styles. Oh, yes. Did you guys hear that? He, he said it's, it's like pigtail pulling, he thinks, maybe. But there might be a little crush there. <laughs> that would be really funny, because that would put another spin on to 
every interaction that they've ever yes. had as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I think would be great. But could you imagine the trouble Styles would get into with a resource like Danny? <laughs> like he already made that um, that like uh, key scanner for like yes. getting into the sheriff's office and all the locked FBI files. Could you imagine what he would do if he had Danny with him? <laughs> like, if he ran on the internet. Yeah. Oh my God. They'd be hacking into a lot of government websites. Felonies. <laughs> so many felonies. All of them. It would be like Pokemon cards. They would have to catch them all. Talk a little bit about Allison as well. Dearly departed, Allison. Sorry guys. Sorry guys. <laughs> There's a lot of sad faces now. Yeah. There's a lot of sad faces up on this side as well. And just even when we're outside of here, just I'm still not over it. I'm not over that at all. And I'm gonna miss Allison so much. Like not even just from like everything that she did, like in terms of like protecting them and fighting for them and everything like that, but just her smaller, more intimate moments with like pretty much everyone. Like even just the chemistry she had with all of the different characters. Like I'm gonna miss that so much. Yeah, and I think like her entire backstory is so interesting and not that it hasn't been done before, like, you know, somebody finds out their family history and they're kind of, like, put into the family business now, but I think they really handled it in a really interesting way, especially with Kate and Kate's negative influence and then Gerard's negative influence on her, and yet she comes out on top and she's a good guy and she kind of, like, found what she wanted to do and they changed their motto, and I think, you know, the strength of that is just really interesting in a character, especially a female character. So you don't get that a lot, especially on a show on MTV aimed at <laughs> teenagers. I mean, it is that's the target demographic. You know, you don't get a lot of really strong leading ladies being up up in front, running their own families. And yes, you had a lot of puppetry in the background from people like Gerard and, and everything like that. But she took ownership of her own family eventually, which was phenomenal and I think it was such a good thing for, for young people to be able to see that and live through her. Like I'm gonna miss her so much um, and just what she brought to the show. I mean not even just, yeah, not even just as the protector. I, I think like the demographic is aimed towards teenagers obviously but I'm almost 30 years old and seeing Alice, a character like Allison on TV, I wish when I was 17, 18, like, there was a character like her for me to see, because that would have been amazing. Yeah, I feel important. I feel the same. Because I'm, yeah, I'm just coming out of 25 going into 26 as well. And if I'd have You're had Allison, there. yeah, I'm almost there. It's another couple of weeks, but if I'd have had Allison when I was growing up, that probably would have helped me a lot. And I think it would have helped me a lot with my relationship with my mother as well, because the relationship between her and, and uh, Edie Mays, who played Victoria Argent, was just... Who is phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. I think more so her personality than any other strength that she has is what really drew me to Allison. Even in that first episode, you could tell immediately that she was kind of being set up as a love interest. And we all know how those go. We've all seen TV shows that do exactly the same thing. 
but there was just something different about her that made me really like her, and it made me think that she was going to be more than a love interest, which I was really happy about. And even though I did know the outcome of her character, because it was kind of hard not to know, especially with like these <laughs> my friends, um, I tried to be sorry not to like her, it's fine, and not to get attached, but I'm happy I did, because I just really enjoyed everything that her character had to offer. I think that's something that Team Wolf does really, really well, like subverting tropes. Like, you've got your standard love interests for, like, you could have done it for any of them, for Kira, for Lydia, um, especially with Lydia as well, like, being the stereotypical popular girl and just being that, but now you're getting into the nitty-gritty, like, subverting those kind of tropes and those, those themes within teen, teen dramas, basically, is, I think that's what draws such a wide audience to it as well, because they're all so relatable because they're not, they're, they're more real than, than any other superficial kind of viewpoint that we get of other characters from other shows. Yeah, so. And the thing is, like, everybody wants a strong female character in their book or their movie or, you know, anything like that. And that's really difficult to pull off well because you have, you know, and nothing against Katniss because I love Katniss from The Hunger Games, but she's very kind of she holds in her emotions and she doesn't act very feminine and that's part of her character so that's fine but the thing with allison is she calls herself she's like i'm not a girly girl which is completely true but at the same time you see her in heels and you see her in skirts and she doesn't hide that side of her and she cries a lot and she's very emotional and she gets attached to people and she loves very easily but at the same time she is really strong and she can take care of herself she and can I think, ass in those skirts yes and i think blending those two sides of her character is really difficult to pull off and they've done it beautifully and I'm really going to miss the Lydia and Allison interaction yes. so much. Uh, I think for, for me, the person I feel worst about, about Allison's death was Lydia more than anyone else on the show. And I know, obviously, with Scott, that was such a strong relationship between them. Their first love, that's something you're never going to forget. Anyone who's had a first love is never going to forget that first but that kind of friendship between two females, especially at that age, that kind of closeness, that hit hard. Like, I couldn't imagine losing one of my friends like that. I would be in pieces. Like, I don't know. Because I've had relationships and relationships end where people leave me, but for, for a friend to leave me on that kind of permanent basis, I would... I would be utterly destroyed, so I think the fallout of that is going to be really interesting to see going into next season, especially for Lydia. Well, you know, and she also didn't get to say goodbye. I mean, not not that... Sorry, she's crying right now. Not that, you know, her goodbye with Scott wasn't traumatic or anything, because it was horrible and it really doesn't make it any easier, but Lydia kind of ran onto the scene and saw everything that happened, and by the time, you know, she could have gotten over there, like, Allison was gone. And that's really hard, too, not to kind of say your piece with somebody who is dying. And I, yeah, going into season four, I'm really, really interested to see how Lydia is going to handle that. And also if she's going to kind of take Kira and maybe Malia under her wing. And, and I don't think anyone's ever going to replace Allison in her eyes, but I think... 
I really want to see her, especially with Kira, form some more friendships and hopefully kind of move on from Allison and be able to be okay. I think the important thing about Allison is not really to focus on the death, which obviously was horrible, but the fact that she made such a strong impact when she was alive. Yeah. Like the changing of the pack, and that's gonna that's gonna go over to her dad, and yeah. you know, and that he's gonna continue to follow that. And you know, she changed so many people around her, and I think that's really important to remember as well. And I hope her legacy lives on through the entire hunter community because we know that there are a lot of hunters out there that are not okay with them changing their ideologies and yet I think that hopefully Allison kind of set an example that hunters and werewolves can get along and it can be okay so I hope that kind of ripples out into the community. I, I really hope so as well and I, I kind of want to see the lasting effect of upholding protecting people within Beacon Hills as well and even outside of that like no matter who they are just being able to take them into that fold and protect them so I want them to live by Allison's code yeah. even though they're not hunters I want them to adopt that and really really see it through I think that would be a really beautiful kind of I think we may be on to that have you guys seen the new speak promo like you still look 20, 20 second promo where they, they did include the bow and arrow. Yeah. I really think, I would like to think that that's what that, that's referring to. So always be in the back of their minds, like, and influence what they do. That is so sad though. Like, everybody's there and then Allison's crossbow just drops. And it's like, really? You had to throw that in there? Like, my heart is in pieces but, now. Yeah, that, that was, it was heart wrenching. But I think. It was really nice to see that they were just going to brush it off, like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, we're gonna come back however many weeks later, and hey, everything's sunshine and rainbows and puppies and uh, finals, yeah. <laughs> but I think it was great that even though it was only a small flash of like the crossbow hitting the, it was the acknowledgement. Yeah, the acknowledgement of her death is something that, yeah, I really really liked in that promo because it. It was. It would have been really weird not to have Allison in it at all. Like her presence not there whatsoever. So, as much as it hurts me, I I still really like that. Yeah. Well, that and it's a good. It's a good way to help their theme out, I guess, because their theme is can't go back. That's the theme for the upcoming season. So it's kind of saying, yes, you can't go back, but we have to acknowledge things that have happened, and we have to keep that with us in order to move forward. And I, right. I, I really like that message. That really reminds me of Rafiki from The Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> you can learn from it or you can learn from it. Well, I saw that promo so many times, it was kind of like being hit over the head. <laughs> we got Lion King. <laughs> I think, um, kind of to change the topic, the, the one thing about Allison I really wanted to talk about was her set of skills, because she is human, and yet she can fight the supernatural, and that can't be easy, you know, to go up against werewolves and the kinema and all this other stuff, and yet she holds her own, and I think that that's really admirable, because not everybody would be willing to go toe-to-toe with a werewolf and actually come out the other side as well. But I think on that as well is that um, at the beginning of 3A in the 
uh, when Boyd and Cora Ladies and gentlemen, they get out into like Beacon Hills and they're running through everything. And you've got the Beacon Hills boy band with like Chris Argent and Derek and Scott and it's the Pet Street Boys. It's the Pet Street Boys. So you've got the Pet Street Boys going out and kind of like, oh yes, we should totally do this with like the electrical emitters kind of thing. Yeah. And then you've got them talking about it and Alison just kicks ass and just does everything. So So good. Yeah, so it's like you yeah. I hope everyone heard that. Yeah. It's it's kind of one of those things where it's like they just were talking about it and talking about it and kind of walking through everything and you just get that interspliced with Alison like using her bow and arrow to kind of guide Boyd and, and uh, Cora away from civilizations and, and people to right. keep them from hurting anyone. I just thought that was hilarious. And you know, she did that against her father's wishes, which I completely understand why he didn't want her to get involved, but at the same time, she knew what the right thing to do was, and she did it, because morally she felt like she had to. And again, that's not something that everybody can do, so I'm really glad that, that she did. Yeah, I, I am too. I mean, and that's the thing with Allison, it's, it, it doesn't matter what she's told or what anyone tells her, if she thinks something's the right thing to do, she's gonna do it. And yeah, Lydia gave her all of those warnings to stay away, but that was still her best friend, and it right. it ended up costing her her life, but why wouldn't she have gone to save her best friend? Because that's what Alison did, and that's what, what she does. So yeah. I think there couldn't have been anything truer to her character than her going after Lydia no matter where it ended up. I, I didn't want to see it end up in her death, but as it did, I mean, it, it was so true to what she stood for, is, is why I like that. Exactly. I just have so many feelings. Am I making people <laughs> emotional? I'm sorry. I'm not sorry at all. I don't know why I'm apologizing. <laughs> we have a total disregard for feelings when we talk about the podcast. There are so many fire jokes, by the way. Um, yeah, there are a lot so of fire jokes. So many fire jokes. Yeah, we could probably make a compilation of all of them and it would run for about 10 minutes. It's uh, really bad. This is a thing that we should definitely do. <laughs> Do we, do we want to move on from getting emotional about Allison and actually try and bring it back up a bit? Yeah. Do we want to? Yeah. Do we want to? Um, do we want to talk next? Do we want to talk about Melissa? Yes. Yes. Well, we're on like the strong women kick. I think yeah. A good. A good next subject. I love Mama McCall. Do we have like an agreement in here? Do we all love? We love Mom yeah. Nicole. Yeah. I mean, what's there not to love? <laughs> See, to, to date, my favorite quote from the entire, every single episode has been from Melissa Nicole. Like, the Be Your Own Anchor thing is my absolute favorite. I love that. 100% favorite quote from every episode. I want to embroider that and frame it and put it on my wall because that that was just a phenomenal quote. And it works outside of Team Wolf just as an inspiration. Yeah. Like that. That was just a beautiful line of the show. You know, she gets so many good lines, and I really love that. And that's actually a testament to Jeff Davis, the creator and one of the lead writers, because he takes a lot of those conversations from his own life and 
lines that his mother told him and Melissa gets a lot of those and I think that just makes it that much more real and powerful and impacting so I'm glad that she gets those kind of lines like the be your own anchor and even um, one of my favorite scenes is when she's sewing his pants in season one and yeah and she's just like she's able to offer so much advice as, yeah. as a human character she's just you know things she's been through it's not necessarily supernatural but she's still got a lot of great things to offer Scott to help him as you know a human or as a werewolf and yeah, the life experience that she has, though, yeah, though it isn't supernatural, can also be applicable to a lot of what they're going through. So I, I just love how she's able to very succinctly kind of look at a situation and just have the right thing to say. And I mean, yeah, it was hard to watch her like not being able to accept Scott as a werewolf straight away. Because that's, that's her son, not being able to look at him, not being able to speak to him. That, that's got to be hard. That's got to be hard on any mother, to not be able to look at their own child, yeah. because they don't know who they are. But it's so realistic, too, because, I mean, Natalie says all the time, everything in Teen Wolf is realistic except for... The werewolves. I mean, you know, like because everything is so real life, and I think that's something that they do so well. And the thing with Melissa is, she couldn't look at her son for a while, and when you find out that your child is a werewolf, like that's not going to be easy, you know. So I'm glad that they took it down that road, and just you know, finally accepting her son was one of my favorite scenes as well from her because. She knew what the stakes were by the end of season two. It's not as if he kind of came out of the werewolf closet slowly. Very abrupt. Yeah. So and she was already behind bars (laughs) and thinking he had a gun gun wound. Yeah. So I mean that would be a very very see, but we have polarizing kind of reactions to werewolves as well. I mean, you know, Kira accepted it very very readily and. Yeah, so Kira accepted it very, very readily and easily on the one hand. And I mean, I guess that that's also a testament to being a little bit younger and being able to accept things slightly quicker. But yeah, I think it's really, really nice because not everyone would be able to accept werewolves right off the bat. So being able to grow with that as Scott grows into his own strength as an alpha as well, I think that's really really great so bringing her into the pack as well eventually I think that would be good because you know she's a healer and I love that there's still things that there's skills that she has as a healer that still impresses Scott like when he um, when she saved um, Danny Danny. he was like that was so cool oh my god dude you grow hair and fangs and claws and he's looking at his mom like she hung the moon and it's just like I love that so much. Their relationship. Their relationship is amazing. And I'm really glad that she knows about the werewolves and everything now. And we'll talk about this a little bit later when we get to the sheriff as well. But so many times in Supernatural shows, the parents do not find out for, like, years and years. And it's like, this is so unrealistic. And it gets kind of annoying because they're always trying to hide those secrets. And when it's your mother or your father, like, that can be really difficult to do realistically. 
So I'm glad that they've eventually brought in those characters to the fold. Yeah, and I mean, even looking at Melissa as a healer as well, I think not even in just the sense that she can heal people because she's a nurse. Like, she can heal people emotionally as well. And I yeah. think that's where her strength is. And I think that's a beautiful thing to have in a character because you don't have a lot of people who can do that within shows a lot of the time. And I just, I love Melissa. I miss Isaac now. Isaac loved her. We're about humans. I know, but Isaac loved her. And it makes me sad. Everyone loves Melissa. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, she has this tendency, too, to sort of, like, try to heal the supernatural stuff. And even though she can't always do it, depending on the circumstances, I think that it's really interesting that she continues to try. And, you know, she's always she's there to help. Come on, this is the cool mom. Yeah. <laughs> you okay? Do you have any like other supernatural friends coming over? Do I need to bake cookies? <laughs> um, are you good? You want a drink? <laughs> I mean, I love as well that she has the strength, no matter what the situation is, whether it's supernatural or whether it's completely human, to also be able to give the advice to just cut something out of your life, like. To protect Scott, she would do anything, including throwing her own husband out of the house. (laughs) Which, you know, the reveal of that was a little bit... I don't know, it was a little bit anticlimactic. Underwhelming. Yeah, it was underwhelming with how much they built it up. But then you have to take a step back and go, well, actually, that's a very, very human thing. It's a very, very human problem. I mean, for any normal household that would be a big thing that would be huge like you know being so careless that your own child gets hurt because you're not being careful with your own alcohol intake mm. i guess but when you take a step back and look at the wider picture it's not that important in their life in the anymore. grand scheme of things in the grand scheme of things yeah the show it's probably Small not one of the more extreme <laughs> possession, you know, supernatural animals. Anima. You know, all of that stuff. But, you know, to them that was a huge thing, and at the time the reaction was genuine. So I just love that she had the strength to be able to do that as well. Because that takes a lot. It takes a lot in a person to be able to say no. You know what? This isn't right. This isn't good. This isn't doing anything for me. This isn't doing anything for my child. You just need to either clean up your act or get out. And that that she had the strength to stay and do that. And he left. That speaks a lot to her. I think that she would just be there to stop. And you see it in everything that she does. It's all for stop. And I love that different portrayal of strength. Because you get the like superhuman strength. You get all of these other strengths. But her strength is being a mom. You see her strength is being just a strong-willed person who... She's made an active character by kicking him out of the house. She wasn't left. She wasn't one of those 
single moms that, again, we see often in media who doesn't know what to do after their husband leaves them or after their boyfriend leaves them. She knows what to do. She knows what she can do, and she does the very best that she can. She's involved in Scott's life. She's involved in Styles' life to the point where, I mean, there's that scene in Don't Three B. Don't talk about it. There's that scene in Three B, and she's just a mom to everybody that she can be, and that takes a strong. I think that takes a strong woman. Yeah, especially since I mean Scott's a werewolf. Like he's he is very strong, you know, just by default almost, and yet he still needs his mom so much. And I just love the reliance that he still has on her, and that she can still bring something to the table that he needs. I think that's really important, not only for her character, but also just for their relationship in general. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's had to grow up, and he's had to grow up fast since the fight. And he probably will have to do a lot more growing now that, like, his situation and the situation around werewolves and, and all of the supernatural has brought about the death of someone really close to him because I don't yeah. think there's been a death particularly that's been that close to the heart for them. And he's gonna have to do a lot of a lot more growing up around that. But he's still a child. I mean yeah, okay teenager. Yeah, still a child and so he needs that. He needs that guiding hand. And I mean She's the best person to do it. She's known him his whole life. She knows his strengths. She knows his weaknesses. So it's it's a beautiful thing to see that play out on the screen. And I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Because that final, final scene where he literally just breaks down in her arms in 3D. Like that, that summed it up for me. Like kind of... That's Scott. That's Scott at his lowest point. He's, he's gotten his best friend back, but he's lost his first love and, and he just wants his mother. That's it. And you've all, everyone's been there one time or another. Yeah. Like when things just get sat there, you just have that one person you would turn to and they would just take you up and just be that strength that you need because you don't have your own strength to do it for yourself. And I think that's a beautiful thing about her listening as well, is that she can be a strength for other people, not just for herself. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> um, do we want to skip the last two? Swap them? So we can talk about Do we want to swap? We want to swap them out. We want to talk about the law. The law. Sheriff the law, law Stalinsky. <laughs> Sheriff that's no name Stalinsky. No, that is his full name. His first name is Sheriff. Middle name the law. Yeah. It's totally his name. <laughs> We're just going to talk about humans and parents. Yeah, humans and parents. But no, he's totally like uh, Agent Coulson. His first name is Sheriff. Yeah, his first name is Agent. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Let's go. Go ahead. Um, what 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 can we say about the show? Uh, everything. <laughs> everything. We love him so much. Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage. <laughs> no, oh, no Mortal Kombat sorry, fans. Sorry. None. Not no, that went one. over everybody's head. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> I think you told that me to that. I think you told that one to me before, and it still went over my head. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Watch Mortal Kombat. I know, it's on my list. It's terribly amazing. 
or maybe amazingly terrible. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is kind of the same situation where he didn't know for a long time, even longer than Melissa, and she eventually found out, and I think the way he found out was was kind of bad, you know. And he was indirectly involved with so much of yeah. the years. But like, tied up in the basement and getting filled in as what he's a prisoner of the drop. The, the, the rock. He, he pronounced it wrong, didn't he? Rock. He said, he was like, I don't even know what this thing is. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that guy acts in movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, um, you know, even though that was a highly stressful situation, he handled it really well. And maybe that's, you know, just because he is the sheriff and he has to deal with highly stressful situations all the time, but, you know, he didn't quite have the same reaction that Melissa did, and I'm glad they decided to go in a different direction for that. Well, with, with the sheriff, he, he even has said that he made the comment, I haven't believed a word out of Styles' mouth since he started talking. <laughs> he was just like, you know what, I'm so used to these shenanigans, it's, it's fine. And with Melissa, she was like, this is my son, there's no way he could be up to anything like this. So it was such a shock for her, and then yeah. sheriff's just like, you're full of crap. Like, what you're telling me, just get out, Styles, get out, take your chest, chest cord and go. Mom would have believed me. Oh! Ouch. That's terrible. Mic drop, walk out. <laughs> no, that's awful, don't say that. No. Just. And he's, yeah, he's dealt with the human death I, as well with Claudia, so. Yeah. But I still think work. with, like, the chest scene and everything, I I just think he was still thinking that Styles was trying to tell him that Cora was pregnant. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's how I read that scene every single time. And. Again, that would be a very human problem because, of course, his head would go straight there. It's like, what are you trying to tell? I'm sure he would would be a combination of like, you're in so much trouble, or Styles got my son got someone pregnant. There's no way. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You're not gay. You can't produce babies either. Anyway, I'm sorry, moving on. Sheriff, sheriff. Yeah. Um, I I like the way, too, that he's still trying to learn. Like, he, even that scene in uh, 3B where he says the names and Styles is like, yeah, actually, that all is correct. And I always like that line, but, you know, it's not perfect and he doesn't always know exactly what's going on, but he's trying really hard. And I mean, he. He could, I don't think it would be in his character to do this, but he could actually just be like, you know what, I don't want anything to do with this, just keep me out of it. Um, that would be very unsheriff like but I also don't think that would be out of the question for a lot of people and a lot of characters, so I like that he continues to try doing that. I mean, he absolutely was, is the person who would help no matter what, because even before he knew, he was still getting them involved and getting their input on cases, especially with the stuff with Matt. When they're in the sheriff's office and they're going over the swim team files yeah. and everything, and they're like, wait, what? what but how does this connect to the swim, swim team? And Styles is like, they were just really bad. Okay. For <laughs> them, they won nothing. Yeah, they won nothing. And he, he still helped before he was even in the know. So, yeah, he... He was still willing to get their input and hear them even though 
you know, you really shouldn't be doing that. Like, he shouldn't be showing teenagers open case files. But Styles is so smart, and you know he can put together so many things that I think he knew he had to admit that he needed help, and so he did. And Styles was able to put a lot together for him. Another thing that I really like about Sheriff is how they showcase human problems within him. He's not, you know, he's a sheriff, but he's not a perfect human. We've seen scenes where he's. It's been alluded to that he's had a drinking problem, right? And that's even uh, there's an episode where Styles has a um, hallucination where his dad is drunk and he's blaming him for his mother's death, and it's just it's a very human problem that you won't see. You're not going to see the werewolves deal with, but in Styles' dad, you have that. And I appreciate that 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 is tackled. So rude. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I also like how he's not only kind of looking towards the future with what he's going to do with all of his knowledge, but he's looking backwards. And I really like oh, that. Going through the case files. He's going through all of the case files looking for... Because he always has these things on his mind, which I think is a mark of a great sheriff. Right. A law person in general. But he's going backwards to see how we can try to help these people that he couldn't help before with the knowledge that he has now. So he has to deal with the present, and he has to deal with everything there, but he also wants to still help as many people as possible, even if that means going backwards. Oh. <laughs> you just gave me a lot of feelings. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't I, mean to do that. It's okay. It's like, it's a fair trade-off, I guess. But like, making people emotional about Alice. Make me emotional about the sheriff. It's fine. Oh, actually, now that you bring that up, I'm really interested to see what they'll do with season four, and if maybe he will be delving into the past, and if he'll get some of that, because a lot of the times they have, you know, what they call A plots and B plots, where the A plot is the main part of the story, and that'll be like Scott's dealing with, you know, whatever bad guy or whatever situation that he's dealing with in that episode, and then they'll have the B plot where it's not necessarily connected, maybe like tangentially, but somebody else, a minor character, is dealing with something in their life as well, and I think they could do a lot with Sheriff, like going back and trying to figure out some of those things. So that would be that would be really interesting and I'd love to see that for season four. I still really, really, really want to see him working with someone like Derek or someone like Chris. And oh, I love that. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Either one. But I would love to see him going to them to try and get more information because there's only a very limited amount that he'll be able to get from people like Scott and Styles and, and everyone like that because you know they're as new to him as he is. But someone like Derek who was born into it and someone like Chris who's hunted supernatural creatures for so many years, that that would be a really interesting dynamic as well. I would love to see the parents actually hanging out a lot more yeah. and talking. I would love Sunday to night cards and drinks <laughs> as long as it's so hard yours up to. And this poor Chris is just like. You got nothing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, Courtney. That's it. You can leave. Bye, Bye Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Uh, actually, I would really like to see the sheriff and Derek sort of work together because, well, 
the thing with that is like Scott and Styles are still pretty young, you know, and they're like 16, 17 years old, and Derek is older and he's been through a lot, and I think that it's it's hard for the sheriff to kind of take his own son and put him in these situations because he's still you know fiercely protective of him whereas somebody like Derek I think he's been on his own for so long he can kind of handle himself and so I think that would be cool to kind of see them team up. I also think it would help a lot with Derek's healing process to like have yeah. someone to talk to and to talk through all of this stuff with someone to connect with on a completely different level. I, I think that would be a really awesome thing to do. And, and an adult to look up to other than Peter. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Non-teenage company. Yeah. Peter is not good news in, in any... No. Any news. No, no. He's just bad news all over. Yeah. But also, like, he's helping Derek, but also going backwards. Sort of a little bit because the fire happened. Yeah. So, do we want to discuss Lyndon at BiteCon last month? Made the comment if there was something he could, if there was a character he could slap, it would be Derek. Yeah. Because he wants him to live up to his potential. And Um, I really think. I think I think he meant more like in an emotional slap. Oh, well, not thing. I hear. Wake up. Yeah. No. Derek doesn't need any more actual abuse <laughs> in his life. Can't oh, anyway. <laughs> that would be good though. Like I could see them kind of playing off of each other and, and the sheriff being like, dude, you can be so much better than this and like you know, he's such a respectable man that I think Derek would really want to live up to that. Unlike his son, he'd be like, Get out of my face. <laughs> And I think you were the one, Courtney, that was talking earlier about how the sheriff is kind of like the alpha of Beacon Hills almost because he's the sheriff. Yeah, he's he's got got a lot of those. He's got his mini pack of two, him and Styles, but then he's (laughs) the sheriff and and Beacon Hills is his his pack. He has to take care, he feels like he has to take care of the town. It's his responsibility, despite any supernatural occurrences. That's something he feels a personal responsibility for, and I really respect that. Right, and he's got the leadership qualities as well to kind of do that. I think that a lot of people do respect him, and, um, you know, that's obviously important as a sheriff, but hopefully Beacon Hills gets a little bit of a break <laughs> with all the stuff not that's happening. been going on. I don't see that happening. I, it's not going to happen. <laughs> hey, more human problems in season four. You never know. I would love to see more human problems in season four. I would love it. I would love to see them dealing with, like, the fallout of Allison's death. And I mean, that could even mean just someone taking Chris shopping. I don't know. Oh, because Allison did the shopping, I don't know. And now he doesn't know how to do his own groceries, or he sees Siren. Oh. Has anyone seen, um, uh, is it the, the Hurt Locker? It's one of the movies where he's... Oh, which one's the one where he stood in the grocery aisle? It is the Hurt Locker. Where he stood in the grocery aisle and he just has, like, a complete breakdown in the, in the And I don't just, want to see Chris do that. <laughs> but that would be so powerful. Like, that's such a normal thing that everyone does. And suddenly something so normal can just have such a major impact on your life. Yeah. Because it'll just come out of nowhere because the grief just hits you in the randomest and strangest places. It doesn't matter where you are, it's not moving. But you guys, 
Melissa does all the grocery shopping for Scott. <laughs> she could do it for the ship and I sold his juice. <laughs> okay, okay, so we've got, we, we need to uh, move on to our, our last human. Yeah. Do we have any guesses? Hmm. No? Okay. We're going to talk about Styles. Woo! So yeah, anybody not know who Styles is? <laughs> If you're not watching the right show. <laughs> He's my fave. He's like the one character, even in the pilot from the get-go, I was like, yeah. So, like, you guys are selling buttons at your table, and the first button I bought was Styles' face. And just, <laughs> yeah. That's actually, I mean, because obviously you streamlined the show, like, way faster than we did. Oh, yeah. And how was it actually going from pilot styles where he is super goofy and even off from season one to void styles which was like oh my god vomiting himself up <laughs> that had to have been really hard to, to see that turnaround so quickly um it actually wasn't that bad because I could see I feel like void styles had the same sort of comedic angle as regular styles it was just darker true and I enjoy like dark comedy type of things, and I don't know. I really, I don't know. I didn't have a problem with it. I know that's not really interesting, but that that's, really, no, that's been my supernatural style. I'm gonna focus on human styles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. I think the best thing about Styles was right from the very beginning, he was Scott's research partner, and he's the one that, you know, came up with what Scott ended up being, and um, I just really loved how he kind of delves into all that information and is sort of like their investigator. I think it's very interesting to see him kind of very slowly going on to the path to, like, making his father proud and kind of walking towards and working towards what his dad does which is protecting the town and investigating and doing everything that way and we all know that, that he does that from his board in his room with all of the strength coming from it we know that that's where his strength is and he's almost obsessive about it like very very narrow minded and he has to know what's going on but I think there is probably a healthier way that he could approach it. Um, so I think it would be interesting after... Because we've been told that the board is, is probably going to come back at some point, right? Yes, yes. yes. So, the board was taken down, but it's been mentioned that it will be going back up in Season 4. So I think it would be interesting to see after the whole thing with the Void Styles plotline how that's going to change him and how he looks at his investigations and will he take more of a step back and be healthier about how he looks at these things? Is all the, of the guilt going to or, yeah, weigh him down? Or is all of the guilt going to make it worse? Is he going to be even more obsessive and even more particular about what he's looking at? I mean, I guess it all depends on what happens because we don't know exactly yet which way they're going. There wasn't a lot from that promo to be able to see what was going to happen. But it's going to be really interesting to see what that experience is going to change in his humanity. Like, is it going to make him a more obsessive person seeing that that was already in his personality? Yeah. 
or will it temper it? Will it, will it bring it back a little bit? And I think a lot of that's going to have to do with Scott and how Scott and him interact in season four. And I'm really excited to see where their friendship goes because all through the seasons, like, they've hit their rough patches and everything. And that's completely normal for a friendship, especially one as close as them. And the thing is, Styles has always been there for Scott through everything, through him turning I into a I was going to say, that's one of my favorite things is their friendship. Yeah, it's so strong. And, I mean, they've been through a lot. And I think if Styles can support Scott changing into a werewolf, then Scott can support what happened to Styles, you know, Void Styles and all of that. And I think season four, hopefully they grow even closer and kind of come to an understanding about that. The other thing is, like, I don't know what this whole experience is going to do to their friendship as well. Because I don't think Scott is ever going to blame Styles for what happened. But Styles will blame Styles. But Styles will blame himself. So, I, I would love to see what that does to their friendship. Because obviously, from Scott's point of view, he's always going to support him. He's always going to be their, their best friends. But... Will Styles withdraw a little bit because he'll blame himself for what happened to Allison? I mean, that's going to be another that, interesting yeah, thing to, to look I mean, at. While Allison was Scott's anchor, I really do think that Styles was like a tether of, of sorts to him. That you know, that's his best friend, that's his brother, and I really, yeah, I want to see how that affects things. As yeah. Well. I mean, it would be a really interesting angle to play because it's testing a friendship in a different way because it's going to be something that Styles is seeing in his own head, not necessarily what Scott sees. So, that, yeah, that's testing a friendship in a really interesting and unique way that doesn't usually get done because, you know, usually it is kind of a friendship for a different time, but it's going to be a I was just saying that I think um, that kind of angle is going to be a quieter test of their friendship than when you see in other shows how it kind of becomes very aggressively like one blaming the other and both thinking they're in the right where it's like going to be so one-sided with that kind I of can't thing. remember a show where, where we've seen a best friend say hey I've indirectly killed the love of your life I'm sorry so how do we move on from this <laughs> yeah and but Scott's not going to see it like that no so yeah I think that's going to be very interesting and that's I mean shaking a friendship like that is also a very human issue like I mean, it's got a supernatural element to it because of the nuggets in it, but blaming someone for something or blaming yourself for something where it, there isn't actually a problem, I guess we all do that in our friendships as well. Like, we'll see something that we've done and we'll make it in our heads a million times worse than it actually is because we feel such guilt for it. And the friend's just like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> what? It's not... That's not even a problem. What you, it wasn't you. Right. But I think it's going to be worse for Styles because one of his strengths is loyalty. So he was loyal 
to Scott, and he's he was loyal to Allison as well. So he's dealing with both of these loyalties yeah. that he thinks he's severed, I guess, betrayed. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna so. say, like Allison was his friend too. So not only is he gonna right. feel guilty on behalf of Scott, but just the fact that it was Allison. I mean, yeah. he's known Allison for as long as Scott's known Allison, and it's gonna be tough. Yeah, so I have a couple of questions to kind of wrap it up, but out of the five of these, who in season four are you looking most forward to kind of exploring their more human side? Okay, not Allison. Out of four of them. Sorry. Sorry. Wow. Out of the four of them. Is this going to be our new fire joke? Maybe. Wow. That's even worse. Tune in. I'm going to stop listening. Um... I really want to see Melissa because if Agent McCall is back, I want to say Agent McCall obviously is, you know, Scott's dad. Uh, it looks like he'll be back in season four. I'd really like to see how that's going to affect her. I also want to see how that's going to affect the sheriff. So I'm going to go with the sheriff. Mm. So, because there's no secret up, up on this, I, I don't know about you actually, but up on, like, between the three of us, like loving Melissa and the sheriff together and that relationship. We make no secret about the fact that we love that. I totally thought it was going to happen as I was watching. Oh, oh. I'm on board with that. <laughs> yeah, so I want to see I want to see more of that. I want to see more of them interacting. And I want to see how Adrian McCall affects that because it's very, very slow burning, kind of moving in that direction, very organically without it being forced. So I want to see how that's going to shake things up a bit as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. So I guess Sheriff and Melissa took two answers. I'm going to go with Styles actually, just because now that he's sort of gotten a taste of the supernatural, I really am excited to see him go back to the more human side and, and how he deals with that. And just, you know, going forward with all of his relationships after everything that happened, I think that's going to be a huge pull for season four. My immediate reaction was Styles too, for everything that you just said. But I think I'm also looking forward to seeing the adults, the human adults, yeah. and how they're going to be integrated into the pack, because they are important. And in a lot of, in a lot of other places, we see adults, like, we know that they can help, but... That the main characters don't want their help because they're adults. Right. But I feel like these adults are so important to everything that's going on, and I'm interested in seeing them interact with the younger characters and maybe even, like they have been, letting them take the lead and follow me. Yeah. Very good. Um, and we always do a non sequitur question at the end of our podcast as well. So this is a question that has absolutely nothing to do with anything that we've talked about. So <laughs> my question this time is, what cosplay has been your favorite so far? Oh, 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 oh I know this one already. Uh, there is a little Carl walking around, with his, uh, uh, maybe his brother, with no arms uh, from Walking Dead. And he's leading him around on a chain. And he's got the chair, you know, the chair hat and everything. And I just wanted to, I took a picture and... Yeah, it it was so good. And then there's a, a Michonne walking around with her parents on chains, and she's like, 12. "That that is adorable. It's the funniest thing that I've seen. It's like, yeah, she just leaves her parents on But my my favorite was um, there was a family yesterday, or I think they're a family or a family of friends. They were dressed as Kaylee, Malcolm Reynolds, Jane, 
and that hid in the pram was a teeny tiny watch with a little dinosaur toy. It was the cutest thing that I've seen. I thought that was fantastic. And I love group costumes. Like, groups of people costuming together uh, and just pulling together a cohesive look and just doing something really unique and interesting like that. I just, oh, that was so good. That's been my favorite. And I absolutely love them. I saw this picture hanging up over there. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it has wash with... Um, I think it was Joss Whedon on one hand and Fox in the other hand, and it says, Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, well, I've loved everybody that dresses as Captain America. <laughs> Just because, but I really do love, there's a family here today, and I think they may have taken off their costume by now, because I think the little boy was getting a little tired, but they're dressed as the men in black. Oh. Have you seen them? Yeah, they are wonderful. So um, cute. The guy has, has like a big gun, and the little boy had a suit on. And I'm not normally a fan of children. It's just <laughs> like everybody sees children, like oh cute, and I'm like oh, okay. But this one is adorable, and he had a little like little puppy animal, and he was so excited about everything. And I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, yeah. They're in the. Aren't they like based in like the table behind us? Ooh, yeah, they're right behind us. They're right behind us oh. on the table. So Ooh. if you haven't seen them, they'll probably be there. Also. Yeah, man, it's so hard to decide. But I mean, there's one guy walking around in a giant bumblebee outfit, and like yes. that is intense, man. Like it lights up, and it's so good. But and he's walking around on stilts. Yeah, like, it's really the well whole done. day. Exactly. He's just walking around on stilts. But I also really like Thor. There's a really good Thor here because he has the long blonde hair and it's just, it was amazing. He ran by our table earlier and his like cape was his flowing. Was, like, and flowing it was amazing. Yeah, it was so I'm really good. disappointed. <laughs> I'm like sad that there isn't a whole Avengers, like an Avengers group. They should, there should be like a little Avengers group all yeah. together. So our, our time's up. So, thanks for coming, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. We have some postcards and cards for the show, so if you'd like to check us out and you don't have one already, we're going to leave them up here. I can bring them down a little bit because this is pretty high up. I have some freebies. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Some more.